This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. It is Pitinguenya on your airwaves, standing in for Ugamelihle together with its Gamelihle Bovane and uh, Karabo Asala on the COVID report. All right, so there have been a few treatments that have been demonstrated to reduce the burden of uh, morbidity and mortality from COVID-19. Now, we do have Professor Vini Naidu on the line. Professor Vini Naidu um, is the Dean of the Faculty of Veterinary um, Science at the University of Pretoria. Professor Vini, welcome to Area Code and thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, good evening. Thank you for having me on. All right, so just to begin, we are having a conversation about um, Evermectin. And uh, when can taking Evermectin be unsafe, maybe? Because um, we just wrapped up a conversation, obviously elaborating on what it is. And when is it unsafe to use it? Well, if you look at the drug, it's designed as an antiparasitic. So it's meant to be for infrequent use. So if you take it daily or at very high doses, it can have quite severe side effects. And there have been reports in people where people have taken multiple doses over three to five days and they have put quite severe neurological signs. And at times, some people have ended up in ICU needing to be on a respirator. Now, when it comes to Evermectin, um, can Evermectin be used for treatment or prevention of COVID-19 in people and as well as animals? It's a very interesting question. So if you look at the laboratory data, and this was one study done overseas, they cultured the COVID virus in the lab and exposed it to high concentrations of ivermectin for two whole days. And under those conditions, they showed their ability to inhibit the virus. However, all the clinical studies so far have had questionable results. And in the last meta-analysis studies, uh, which came out a few months ago, says that there is absolutely no benefit for using ivermectin in patients. There was no decrease in clinical signs, no decrease in deaths recorded, and no change in time required for recovery. Now, you just mentioned that, you know, um, of all the people that have used um, ivermectin, there has been questionable results when it comes to them. And just wrapped up a conversation with Dr. Um, Dr. Tiny Mhinga, who also echoed the fact that um, from her side personally, it is something that she would never uh, suggest or recommend to a patient. Now, should ivermectin be used in patients with COVID-19 unless it is in a research setting or a part of a clinical trial? So uh, I, I maintain that the drug shouldn't be used because it has no proven efficacy. And what people mistake is a lot of things work in the lab, but there's a lot of processes involved from getting a drug from a tablet or uh, something you take to being effective in the body. So without that data, it, it, it's almost impossible to say this product is going to work. And looking at how it works, it's the mathematics of its movement in the body I can't see it ever working. It just cannot achieve those concentrations. So people who are taking the drug will make themselves feel better because they believe they're doing something positive. But in reality, I don't think they're actually receiving any effective treatment and they certainly will not prevent themselves from getting COVID. And as you are advocating for the very same thing, saying that it's something that you wouldn't recommend, uh, was there a study or maybe an investigation that uh, was done to determine if um, Evermectin is successful at treating COVID-19 as people have used it so harshly to treat COVID-19? So, um, if, if you look at uh, some of the groundbreaking studies, so there was a meta-analysis that came out of the UK 
And what they did was they pulled all the smaller studies done around the world to try and get to a statistical design. And that showed that there was potential for this product to be effective. However, one of the major studies, which had 400 patients and accounted for 15% of their study results, has been pulled as being a fake study. They found that uh, patient numbers were duplicated. Some of the papers were from other articles, making people wonder whether it was right. Raw data was uh, transcribed incorrectly, and some of the patients were even dead before the start of the study. So that study eventually was pulled, and the meta-analysis was revoked as not being conclusive. And this new meta-analysis that was done by McMaster University in Canada shows that there's no benefit from ivermectin. Now, Professor, when we're looking at ivermectin, um, a, a new and experimental drug with an unknown safety profile, or there are many more drugs that undergo a similar thing? Um, so, at the moment, uh, there are a number of drugs under uh, investigation. So, everybody is looking for that one drug that will have an effect. Uh, at the moment, our best uh, drugs seem to be our antivirals that are on the market. And this is where the new drug from Merck seems to offer really good uh, treatment. Uh, it actually decreases clinical signs in patients with mild to moderate COVID by up to 50%. You know, I've I've also been hearing that people are taking um, Ivermectin once a week and with no particular reason behind it from my knowledge. What are some of the clinical side effects of Ivermectin with an overdose? When you're looking at someone who's using it once a week, uh, for me, maybe I would categorize it as an overdose. Uh, Not that it is my professional opinion, but just understanding the dangers and the conversation that we are having. What are some of the clinical side effects of Ivermectin overdose? So you're quite right. So taking it once a week will likely result in an overdose. So realistically, you shouldn't take it more than once a month. And there's a number of scenarios. The first is what formulation are you taking? Now, a lot of people have resorted to taking the cattle drug. Now, the cattle drug is obviously not designed for people, so we don't actually know what exposure you will get. Secondly, you get two cattle formulations, one that is at a very high dose because it's meant to last a long time in the cattle's body. So you give yourself excessive concentrations thereby. Then other than that, you have the general side effects of the drug. So in most cases, it is gastrointestinal side effects. So you'll end up with nausea, vomiting, a runny tummy. You can end up with skin rashes. And in the more severe cases, it has the exact same effect it has on the parasite where it causes paralysis of the nervous system. So you end up with incoordination and inability to move. You can end up in a coma, and that's when you have to be in an ICU on a ventilator because you're unable to breathe for yourself. As an example, we see overdoses in dogs, uh, not too frequently, thankfully, but in these animals, they are under full veterinary support, and a lot of them don't recover because their lungs never recover from that respiratory paralysis. Mm, now, do you think, you know, looking at the increase of the demand when it comes to this particular drug, has it enhanced scrutiny from AMA pharmacists and has caused a shortage, uh, shortages rather, of veterinary um, formulations of the drug? So at the beginning of the year, we saw a massive shortage of ivermectin. In fact, you could walk into any farm shop in the country and the drug was just not on the shelf. Uh, 
it, it was a very cheap product. We're looking at a few rands per mil for the battery use, and people started selling it at about 100 rand a mil at the peak of uh, the COVID uh, in January. And as a result, there was a massive black market sale in it. As people got more familiar with the product and realized that it probably wasn't affected, you see that trend has now decreased, and we're back to the place where we have ivermectin being available for battery use again. And just as we wrap up the conversation, maybe if we could just look at some of the conspiracy theories when it comes to ivermectin that people normally use to cover-ups, for cover-ups. At the moment, I think the concern with uh, the vaccine is what's driving the use of ivermectin. People are of the belief that this is a well-known medical drug. It's well-known a veterinary drug. It's been used for over 30 years. So it's relatively safer because of its wide-scale availability. People would trust in the drug. However, that unfortunately has created a further misbelief that, that this drug could be effective. The other problem you have, and you think a lot of this in, say, South America, is the drug is very cheap and hospital care is relatively very expensive. The people were of the opinion that people were trying to hide the drug to make more profits from having people go to a doctor to get advanced care. And this created this misbelief in the healthcare systems. So unfortunately, in this case, the fake news is that use ivermectin is cheap, it's effective, it's because doctors want to take advantage of you. And I, I don't think that there'll be any doctor in the world that would want to take advantage of you in the middle of COVID. Yeah, no, definitely. I think just once again, Professor, before I let you go, just to reiterate on your side when it comes to your professional opinion, can oral um, ivermectin be used to prevent or treat COVID-19 infection? Based on how the drug works and the dose required, I cannot see this drug ever reaching high enough concentrations in the body to kill off the virus. Mm. No, thank you very much, Professor, for joining us um, this afternoon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.varfm.co.za.